Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, big claims from the commercial networks as we hit the midway point. We cut through the spin as everyone claims to be number one. Has one of TV's most exciting formats been killed through bad programming? And can a big celebration turn around the ratings fortunes of a long-running TV show? Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello, I'm Rob McKnight. To the panel in just a moment. But first, it was during this week in television history that saw the final episode of this iconic Australian game show. VP Australia presents Pick-A-Box. And here's your host, Bob Dyer. Yes, indeed, Howdy, customers. Welcome to BP Pickerbox and a welcome from Dahl who will tell us what the score is. Well, Miss Lorraine Berman has won over $5,000 worth of lovely BP prizes and tonight she has that terrible decision to make, so here she is, Miss Lorraine Berman. Thanks, Dahl. Hi, Lorraine. Yes, Pickerbox was one of the first ever game shows to hit the Aussie screen in 1957. It started off as a radio show on Sydney's 2GB and was hosted by husband and wife team Bob and Dolly Dyer. It moved to the Seven Network and stayed on the air until this week in 1971. All right, let's meet the panel in the TV Black Box Authorium. It's David Robbo Robinson. Hello, Robbo. Hello there, Rob. Thanks for having me. Also joining him, giving him a run for his money, is the viewer's advocate, Steve Malk. Hello, Malky. Uh, hello, Authorium. And still finding her way in and around Sydney is the one and only Sarah Monaghan. Sarah, you not you haven't gone home yet, or is this your new home? Um, yeah, I really don't want to return to Gilead. So, how <laughs> <laughs> true? Oh, it's sad, sad. If sad. anybody would like to fund my lifestyle in Australia, please give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, more on that later. All right, let's get into it because we're at the halfway mark of the year, and the spin doctors are at each network doing their best to paint their achievements in the best possible light. Nine says it is again the number one network in all key metrics at the halfway point of 2022. Let's break that down. Nine says it is number one in 25 to 54, 16 to 39s and total people and the lead extends in the BVOD space with Nine now dominating with over 50% share in demos across the commercial free-to-airs and 49.7 in total people. Meanwhile, the Seven Network has declared itself the leader of the national television market, ranking number one in both audience share and revenue share. According to its data, Seven is the national, metro and regional, number one network in total people, 
television survey year to 18 June 2022. Number one in 25 to 54s and number one in 16 to 39s. It is also dominant number one across all age groups in regional markets. Its press, re- its press release goes on to say that in the capital cities, Seven is number one in total people so far this survey year and the only commercial network that has increased its audience shares in total people, 25 to 54s and 16 to 39. Seven, Seven Plus is number one nationally with a 45% share of the commercial free-to-wear BVOD market in 21-22 and more than 12.5 million registered verified users. Now, if you're confused by both 7 and 9 claiming to be the big winners, let's bring in Network 10. The youth-orientated network is claiming to have five of the top 10 shows in under 50s, 25-54s and 16-39s, more than any other commercial network. These shows include Have You Been Paying Attention, Gogglebox Australia, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here Australia, Australian Survivor and MasterChef Australia. 10 also says it has the number one multi-channel group in kids under 40s. 10 Peach is the number one multi-channel in 16 to 39s. 10 Shake is number one multi-channel in 0 to 12s in daytime. 10 is also the number one kids channel on commercial television with a combined share of 79% of daytime kids viewing across 10 Shake, Nickelodeon and Nick Jr. Network 10's digital audiences are also increasing in 22, with 10Play having its biggest year ever, up 23% year-on-year, with more than 5.6 million registered users. So, how does this all work, and how can they all be right? Let's dive in. Everything 10 says is true, except you'll notice they don't claim to be number one in under 50s, nor the 25 to 54, and that's because they're not. While they do have five of the top 10 shows in target demos, that does not mean they are number one in those demos. Nine and seven easily beat 10 in 25 to 54s and under 50s. But let's take a look at the big boys, nine and seven. If you're a bit confused by their claims, you're not alone. Seven says it is the national number one network in total people. Number one in 25 to 54s and number one in 16 to 39s. That's because they're using national figures, that is Metro plus regional. Nine, meanwhile, says it's number one in 25 to 54s, 16 to 39s, and total people. But their stats are based on the five cap cities. Now, the big problem for everyone is the lack of agreement between the networks on what justifies the claim of being number one. Is it the traditional five cap cities or is it the new national figure? The simple fact here is there's no easy answer because there's no official judge when it comes to these things outside of Judge Rob. I think we'll fix that. (laughs) (laughs) The upshot seems to be seven is number one nationally, nine is number one in the five cap cities, and ten has a few good shows that skew younger and do well in those demos. Mulk, the floor is open for comment. Good evening, friends, and what a fucking mess. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> like, the PR Jedi's hard at work trying to spin and tell us that these are not the numbers you're looking for over here. The, full credit <laughs> to all three uh, commercial networks, uh, publicity and, and marketing teams, because they have delivered solid messaging to and the industry. And they're all right. Well, they're all right with big asterisks, right? It all comes down to the fine print and how you delineate and draw up your numbers. 10, if you read 10's release, most of its comparisons about, you know, the biggest audience ever and highest BVOD streaming thing and all, they're comparing that show's audience to its previous airings. So they're making comparison of its own show to itself. So where it improves, great. Congratulations, well done. 
Um, you're right in pointing out, Rob, that Seven have lent very heavily into um, the, the national figure, which is currently not, but Seven would love it to be, the official uh, accepted understanding of who's winning what. And Nine, look, Nine aren't the only ones to slip some sneaky stuff in here. To their great credit, they have shown all they're working. Um, in 7 and 10, they don't tell you how they get to those numbers. They just uh, talk. No, it's interesting you say that because Nine's press release actually had graphs where you could look and compare everything. The others had no graphs. But, look, I'm, I'm sure their figures are correct and 7 are number one in oh, those national figures. The, the, this is the challenge, yes. The tables supplied by Nine were very explicit in how they drew that data out. And absolutely it was total people, all of the demos, and total people, five city metro, only the capital cities, for this time frame, for this, like, you can go through and work out, based on this, this is how they got, they've they've totally explicitly shown that. Now, I will offer that in Nine's release, they did go through and highlight, look, here's Nine, we're number one, uh, or infer that by all of the highlighted numbers, they were number one, but there was just one that stuck through where Seven actually beat them, and they didn't highlight it, and that's okay because they didn't explicitly say the highlights were the number ones. And that was in the 2022 rating survey period, the free-to-air network shares for 5 City Metro, 7 is just ahead of them, 29.1% right. to 28.5% total people. Everything else, 9 have blitzed the field. In national figures, though we don't have their workings, 7 blitzed the field. It's honestly, with all of this, and, and even me speaking about it has gone on for too long, it doesn't mean a hill of beans. It really doesn't. I, I love the fact that everybody's a winner. It's Everyone's like being a winner, at Oprah. <laughs> it's like being at Oprah where you're a winner, you're a winner, you get a prize, you get a prize. Like everybody gets to, you know, be a winner in their time slot or whatever they choose because in life we're all winners if we choose to see it that way. And look, I, let's not harp on this because they've all made their points and we've delivered the information and we've put the disclaimers on. But one thing I did find interesting was Nine says... Uh, nine says it's number one in 25 to 54, 16 to 39s and total people and the lead extends in the BVOD space with nine now dominating with over 50% share in demos across the commercial free-to-airs and 49.7 in total people. But seven says it's number one, it's seven plus is number one nationally with a 45% share of the commercial free-to-air BVOD market. But nine has 49.7% share in total people. So... I would assume nine's number one there. Interesting that seven says it has 12.5 million registered verified users and 10 are talking up 10 play, which has only 5.6 million registered users. So yep. um, they're obviously making big claims about the online services because that is the next big playing field. Oh, it's massive. And if we have a look at the first and even second State of Origin games, uh, for nine, they pulled massive BVOD audiences. I think the first game pulled over 400,000 viewers just watching their BVOD broadcast. Amazing. Um, oh, the huge. game has changed. A absolutely, it has. And look, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm shitting on television because I love it deeply. It is great news that all of the networks are so excited about how well they're doing. I'm all for that. Please keep doing more of that. I think the reality is that when we have to measure the, the networks to each other, it gets super murky because the three commercial networks cannot agree, even when we're presented with the metrics and we have to follow the ratings because that's all we really have access to. Even when we look at it, they're slicing and dicing it themselves to suit themselves. And I get it in part. That's what you want to do. Oh, stop shitting on the mock. Just let them all have their happy little ones. <laughs> 
the, the challenge is, Sarah, just, that just let them just let them have it. Let we, them have we, it. We, well, they, they want them. They want us to. They presented their their cases. Let's, just let them have it. Judge Rob declares everyone's a winner. There what, a, what a time we live in. Oh, my God. All right, let's move on. Buckle up, because Pilot Week is returning to 10. Well, sort of. <gasps> Yay, it has Week. been rebranded as Pilot Showcase, and it's been bumped from the free-to-air platform. It's now on 10 Play. But six new shows will drop exclusively on Monday, July 4. And I want a quick yay or nay from each of you based on the descriptions from the network. First up, Courtney's Closet, hosted by the fabulous Courtney Act. Courtney's Closet is a celebrity interview show with a twist. Each episode will see Courtney transform her guest into a drag persona befitting of their personal journey while teasing out their life story in an intimate interview culminating in a stunning reveal. Robbo, yay or nay? Yay. Malk? Probably. Sarah? Yay. Me? Maybe. Then we have dinner guests. Join Narelda Jacobs, Melissa Leong, Susan Carlin and their guests in a no-holds-barred discussion about the biggest topics of the day. Presented around a dinner table, this unconventional panel show highlights the value of sharing lived experiences and applying compassion in the face of diverse perspectives and woke voices. I added the woke. Uh, Rob, oh, <laughs> no. Absolutely no. Mog? Hard no. Sarah? Yay. And me, not on your fucking life. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Couldn't tell from the intro. <laughs> the Love Experiment is the third of the six shows. Can 36 questions make you fall in love with a total stranger? The Love Experiment is a simple dating experiment that puts this big idea to the test by matching pairs of strangers to share the most intimate conversations of their lives, all hoping that their vulnerable revelations will able will be able to transform a mere connection into true love. Sarah, yay or nay? Nay. Robbo? Uh, yay for two episodes and then after that, nay. Robbo, I'm completely with you. I reckon it's a one or two episode hit wonder just to see if the experiment works, Mug? Yeah, it's a yay one and after that, no chance. Yeah. Yep. The Bush Blonde versus The World is up next, a sketch comedy show featuring Nikki Osborne in her original viral character, Bush Barbie. I must have missed that one. With ludicrous moments of sheer insanity from the rich comedic traditions of Russell Coit and Borat, this program promises to be a wild, over-the-top send-up of Australian culture at its funniest. Mulk, yay or nay? Yes. Sarah? Mm, I think it would be a movie, not a TV show. Robbo? No. And it's a nay from me. We're almost there, kids. Next is Time to Die, hosted by comedians Jen Fricker and Ben Russell. Time to Die is a devious and downright evil challenge that dares two comedians to write the worst possible stand-up set for each other to perform in front of an unwitting live audience. Will they really follow through with the dare? Just how awful will the jokes be? And how on earth will the audience react? Robbo. Yay for one segment on a variety show. Nay for anything longer than 10 minutes. Yeah, I think I'm with you, Robbo. Sarah? Nay. Malk? Oh, hard yes. It's a great podcast. We'll translate well. And finally, someone who doesn't get enough uh, airtime is Abby Chatfield. <laughs> this is called Jesus. Abby Chats. It's She's on a mission to explore, understand and reveal worlds not commonly seen or heard of from television. Abby dives into two opposite ends of a subject, bringing her signature unapologetic brand of curiosity, passion and authenticity along and asking all the questions the audience would never dare. Sarah? 
Isn't this already on another channel? On Yay or nay, Sarah? Yay or nay? <laughs> no. Malk? No. Robo? No. I'll take a look. I love Abby Chatfield. I, I do I mean, too. she's good. But I think um, the show's been done. Okay, guys. So there, there, there we have it. To me, what's uninspiring about all this is that it's, it's, it's never reached its full potential of bringing new voices into the field. These are all people they do pilots with anyway. And, and the Narelda Jacobs one um, is, is obviously giving her the chance to do a little bit more than reading news for Studio 10 and Perth News. Um, but where, you know, where are the up-and-comers? Where are the big ideas? It's all just the same old, same old. And none of these, I don't see any of the, uh, these ideas having a long run going forward. No. Sarah? I I think it's interesting that they're doing it on 10 play. Like they understand that that's the future and that that way they can actually see how many people have watched it for reals. I think Um, they've killed the brand, Sarah. You know, like this was such a good idea pilot week and it never, it never got there because they never really got behind it the way they should have. I love the concept of pilot week. Yeah, Um, me too. But I wish they would do it more than once a week. And I wish, you know, if people are going to pay their own way to make a pilot anyway, I think they could do it more than once a year. Is that what's happening here or does 10 pay for the pilot? I don't know. I think 10 are paying for it. Submissions are made and then they give them a green light and a very, very, very thin budget. Um, Robbo, does this get you excited being shafted over to 10 play? Is it likely, like, we we all gave our yays and nays there, but are you likely to tune in? If the network isn't behind it enough to put it on the actual business side of the uh, of the network, then no. I, I I just think it's it's showing. It's like yeah, we're still doing this thing. We've changed the name now. Um, it's as lackluster as it ever was. It's not even good enough for us to put on the main channel or any kind of of our subsequent channels. Uh, no, and and most of this stuff, like I said in my quick answers, they're segments. Or they're one-off yeah. specials. They don't. I agree. These things do not have legs to really go the distance. We're not seeing anything here that we'll be talking about in you know ten seasons' time. Um, you know, it, it, a, that to me is a worry. If this is all we can get, it's a big problem. Mm. But isn't the whole point of template so that you can watch it at your leisure and not at the one time that they tell you to do it? But you can yeah. do that anyway. If it airs on broadcast, you can always go and catch up. That's the whole point. No. Maybe they're just hoping all these people have massive social media followings that'll push them over to watch ah, it. Ah, now you've hit upon it because this is how decisions now get made in television, Sarah. They go, oh, this person has 100,000 Instagram followers. It never translates to ratings. Never will, never does. I can't tell you the amount of times people have been sold on the amount of followers they've got, millions yeah. of followers. Uh, I used to get pictures like this all the time and any time I went against my gut and tried it, and it wasn't right, it didn't work because their followers just didn't come and watch. Their followers are more likely to see the clip posted on their Instagram feed, to which I get no benefit as a program maker, but the influencer gets benefit because they've now had the credibility of being on television with a network, and two, it's just content for them that has not translated into ratings for me. This is a whole furphy that the industry falls for time and time again based on influencers and followers it does not translate to ratings. The PR Jedi's are hard at work within the management space as well. 
because they they're leveraging you know the, these new metrics of followers influence all of those sorts of things that you're right largely don't translate to television because no largely if you're famous in a social media world most of your audience is lucky to know how to access a linear based broadcast television so that's difficult to start with i really look i applaud 10 for doing pilot week pilot showcase whatever they want to call it now because no one else is doing it on in a commercial sense again so, i love the idea monk i yeah, love the oh, idea big ups to them in that regard i actually think it's a really smart move for them to push it to 10 play even though the numbers will be less than they would get on linear broadcast they get a much better understanding of the demographic that would want to watch said show because you have to sign in and have an account to be able to watch it blah 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 so that's really helpful in understanding the outcome even if it's a difference between 5 10 15 and 30 views they'll be able to get an understanding of that um I, I love the idea of each of the pilots. My yeses and nos were based really around commercial viability. I think nobody, mm. frankly, really wants to tune in and see three women discuss the topics of the day. And that's <gasps> not because they're you? women. No, well, I, it's... I, I, I don't, when you put it in those terms, I can't agree with you because things like The View and The Talk, they all work very well. Studio 10 worked very well when it was a panel discussion show. Um I actually think there is room for people discussing topics. I just, the problem is. Not in prime time. Yeah, even in prime time, mate. But the problem with that point pitch me to is the it looks like the White Brigade are going to talk about woke topics. That's how that pitch came across to me. There, there's there's no. I mean, that's their thing. Look, full credit to 10, yes. Whoever pitched that show is leaning into 10's current sensibility around wanting to tell a broader story and being more engaged in the in the, the wider sense and that sort of stuff. I I, I love Susan Carlin. I love Norelda. I, I would sit sure. down and talk to them over dinner myself any time of the day. I'm not sure that it has leaks as a primetime program is what I'm getting at. I think no, that I Abby... Well, that's it, not. I agree. That is not a primetime Abby is more show. than overexposed. And there would be a crew that will follow her and watch anything she does and would probably, if it did go to season, would get a bigger 10-play audience than it would a linear broadcast audience, as the example. Um, I'm all for more sketch comedy. There's not a, you know, we haven't had a sketch comedy program on TV, so let's see what Nikki Osborne can do. Um, It's expensive to make and it's difficult because you need a lot of writers. I love the idea of Time to Die. Uh, The podcast is hilarious and in a live stand-up scenario to see it we happen. We only want a on A's, mate. <laughs> no, we're way past that now, mate. Yeah. Way past that. Moving on, moving on. Well, 2022 has been the year of decline for Netflix with a decline in subscribers, a decline in the stock market, and now a decline in staff. The streaming company has sacked 300 more workers after an initial 150 in May, with a spokesperson saying they made the adjustments so that their costs are growing in line with their slower revenue growth. Netflix reported a net decline of 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of this year, and their share price is currently at $170 US, down from $605 dollars in january uh robert do you reckon we're witnessing the beginning of the end of netflix it was the big player it was the one that had everyone quaking in their boots and now the 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 way the industry the share market has turned on netflix it's been quite interesting to watch well surely we, we could have seen this happening because if you dilute any market with as with as many players as we've got now it was always bound to happen and i think yep. it was bound to happen to netflix because as you say they were the first one they were the big one but when you've got pretty much you know any kind of content library owner 
wanting to put out their own streaming service, it is going to dilute everything. No one can be as big as Netflix was and no one I don't think ever will be. There's just way too much choice. There were way too many people in the market and this was just inevitable. There's not enough pie to go around to make anyone bigger than what they are. It's the end of the largesse of Netflix. You know, exactly what Robert said, because they've been so big and, and they were able to just pile people in and now they've got to slice and dice and be a little bit of a leaner organisation. I'm not sure that it will affect their content per se because they are they they have the opportunity to heavily metric and understand their audience and that's, you know, why we get some of the shows commissioned that they give us. Everyone is falling over themselves to pitch shows to Netflix as well because they have the largest direct-to-audience market in the world. Um, If you were going to make a film or a TV show or anything, why would you not want to pitch it to Netflix? Even find it as a second-platform sale after it aired in your market to do whatever. Um, And Netflix is certainly keen to grab a hold of it. I, I... I think that what it means is just that the competition has got a lot tougher to get your program onto a streamer in a global sense. I think that Netflix will always be the the Maya and the David Jones um, of this space. I think that, um, like Malk was saying, if you have a show, you want it to be a Netflix show. If it's a documentary mm-hmm. or a drama, you want it to be a Netflix show. Yes, there are other people who can do it and, you know, it's just as good, I guess. But Netflix, I think, is still the brand possibly for content makers anyway. Um, and it's also, I think, in just common vernacular, like I think when people think streaming, they still think Netflix. And you could ask anyone, if you tell, I've got this great show, it's brilliant, blah, blah, blah. Oh, is that on Netflix? Uh, no, actually, it's on Stan or whatever. But it, it still has that kind of brand quality, I think. Yep. Um, but it, there just aren't enough people wanting streaming services that allows it to just, you know, have a market share. Well, there's still a lot of people using streaming services. No, 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 I'm it's not saying that. that. I'm saying there haven't... are too many streaming services. Right. So there are not enough people in the world well, to gotcha. have one that is big because there are just too many. And the Netflix branding will live large for some time in that yeah. default position. Yeah. Agree. All right, the Today Show has reached a very special milestone this week, celebrating 40 years on air. Nine's Breakfast Show began on June 28th, 1982, and its original hosts, Steve Liebman and Sue Kellaway, will be part of the celebrations this Friday. So we thought we'd take a trip down memory lane ourselves. Robbo, what have been some of the great moments of those 40 years for you? Um, I loved it when they spoke to the young surfer and the young surfer was just being very open and, and no filter talking about how her dad had gotten fat but then had lost the weight. It was really good interaction and I just love watching Carl. I think Carl's brilliant and when he just gets that natural reaction to himself, I, I love it. Robbo, I just happen to have that clip here. Let's have a <laughs> what? listen. Hey, um, what does is, what is your, um, your dad and whatnot think about all this? Because I'm sure that he's an athlete. Is he an athlete, your dad? Yeah, my dad was an athlete, but now he's um pretty fat. <laughs> he um he he used to he used to eat like two liters of ice cream every single night, like of those Murray salt caramel ones. And then he used to get really angry at mum because mum didn't always buy it for him. Yeah. But then mum, but when dad got really angry, mum started buying it for him all the time. Yeah. And then he had to suck his gut in for photos. Good times. And that little girl is now a multi-millionaire because her and her dad went on to create the Norris Nuts where they basically filmed their family 
in the house, just constantly making videos, playing video games, doing challenges. My kids are addicted. The Norris Nuts are one of the biggest things on YouTube. And that all started from that Today Show appearances. Uh, they probably have even more money than Carl, and that's saying something. Sarah, <laughs> what has been your favourite moment over the years? Uh, mine was also Carl, but uh, with one of my other favourite people, the Dalai Lama, and it's when ah. uh, he tried to tell the joke about the pizza and one with everything. <laughs> ah, weirdly. What? I've got that also had this just one? here as well. Let's have a listen. What? Wow. So the Dalai Lama walks into a pizza shop. Because <laughs> shop, Pizza shop. Pizza? Pizza shop, yes. Yeah, pizza, pizza shop. And says, can you make me one with everything? What's that? What's that? Oh, yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> can you make me one with everything? Theoretically <laughs> possible. Oh, I knew that wouldn't work. <laughs> the, the best part of this is they did a follow-up interview where he presented him a pizza with everything. <laughs> and then he ate it. But they actually did it, like, the next thing. And, and so he's eating this pizza. And, like, Carl's like, that looks like a shitty pizza. Don't eat it. Uh, That's brilliant. That was the Today Show at its peak, really. Um, one that I'll always remember when Steve Jacobs was at a fair in Lismore, Holding a giant rooster. This is like one of the all-time classic moments. Actually, Rob, Rob, weirdly, I've got that one. Oh, what? Yeah, How yeah, fabulous. I've got, yeah. Here we go. This is a big black australop cockerel, one of 500 birds that are being judged today at the show. <laughs> uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Stevie also had one with a pelican? Yes. The yeah. pelican was the other one when it was biting his bum. Yeah. yeah. That was I remember the pelican. That was hilarious. That that, that was when Wither on on the Today Show was really, really fun. Stevie Jacobs did a fabulous job, made so many viral moments. Um, good, good times. Congratulations to the Today Show on 40 years. A bit of a struggle now with the ratings, but uh, it's been there for 40 years, and let's hope it and its competitors are there for 40 more. My favourite clip is the one where nothing happened, which is most of the Today Show. <laughs> you bitch. Okay, still to come, a big promotion for one of the most creative people in the TV industry. Can Channel 9's Ninja Warrior beat 10's Master? <laughs> we'll find out what everyone's been watching when we open the TV binge box. And now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. Longtime Foxtel executive Brian Walsh has been named the Director of Drama. 
Peak Boss Brian will oversee output for both Foxtel and Finch. He's been around for a while, first starting with the group in 1995, and most recently filling the Director of Television Chair. In his time, Brian has commissioned hits such as Gogglebox, The Real Housewives of Melbourne, and Love My Way. Amanda Lawson has been named the Head of Marketing and Communications for Screen Queensland. She's always been under the entertainment umbrella, with more than 20 years' experience across Paramount Pictures, Universal Music, and the Brisbane Festival. They've produced timeless works of art, great philosophers, and now the Greeks will make their own version of Andy Lee's The Hundred. It's in production, and Andy Lee says he expects Channel 9 to play it straight after the Aussie version, but with subtitles. The country's second biggest telco is saying yes to more football streaming. Optus has announced it has secured the exclusive rights to Spain's La Liga Football League. It'll give Aussies a further 380 full HD matches live and on demand. The first whistle blows on the 13th of August. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Back to you, Rob. Thank you, Sarah. And to the ratings race now, and it was Nine who took the win for the week against Seven with a 29.6% network share compared to Seven's 26.8 in total people. A distant third was Network 10 with 18.7, followed by the ABC with 16.0. SBS enjoyed an 8.9 share. It's a similar story in primary channels with Nine's main offering managing a 21.3% win followed by 7 on 18.7, 10 not too far behind on 12.6, and then it was the ABC on 11.5, and then SBS with 4.9. Multi-channels continue to be a winner for 7.2, which gained a 3.4% share. 10 Peach came in second again with 7 Mate and 10 Bold third and fourth this week. The finale, of a cele- the finale of Celebrity Apprentice managed to do its best numbers all season, putting up a good fight against MasterChef on Tuesday night. Now, taking a quick peek at this week, and the premiere of Nine's Ninja Warrior brought in 775,000 nationally and 562,000 in the five cap cities and was beaten by MasterChef and 730. Sunday night State of Origin game saw Nine secure nearly a 1.8 million audience, giving the network a comfortable 46.1% share for the night. In the plus sevens for week commencing 29th of May, the Voice grand final winner announced was the number one entertainment show on 1.458 million, with the main show bringing in 1.363 million. Ranking at number 10 was Have You Been Paying Attention on 1.12 million, and that was actually the number three entertainment show for the week. Despite impressive catch-up figures for most shows, news still dominates the top 20. Malt, the 7.30 reality shows, they just don't seem to be hitting with audiences like they once did. Yeah, they're, they're all off off the boil a little bit. And, and Rob, I'm finding just in in this um, ratings conversation, we need to be really careful the way we talk about some numbers because we're flipping between national and five-city metro comparisons that make things sound bigger than they are and they aren't. As an example, State of Origin hit 1.8 million just five-city metro. When you add in regional and the nearly 400,000 BVOD, it went over 3 million viewers on yeah, that's Sunday pre- night. That's, that's a very pertinent point, actually. So it's it's massive money. And and look, fair credit. So again, we, I think fair to recognise national if we're going to focus on five city or the other way around. It's just we need to, to line that up. It is a difficult position that all three commercial networks find themselves in because as the example from Monday night, MasterChef, just five city metro, MasterChef just-ish beat the launch of Ninja Warrior, which was 30% down on last year's season premiere. And Big Brother was like, 
in the rear vision mirror at 300,000 viewers. Yeah, like not even Big Brother, close. its catch-up numbers are like at 54% or something, isn't it? It's- no, 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 no. It's regional numbers, then plus it's catch-up and BVOD is actually doing some significant lift because seven rate well in the regions. This is the difficult mix when we start to talk Total TV. When you add in the regional figures, Big Brother becomes reasonably competitive, and then the uplift is, yeah, there's heaps of people catching up on it. Yeah, but that's like Um, 54% when you look at its final figure. And I I agree, it's not apples and um, apples, I, I agree with that. But when we look at a figure like 300,000, by the time you add in Total TV, it does get a lift of something like 54% and gets a really decent figure for seven. Yeah, 44% last Monday's right. Big Brother went up because of that additional regional uplift, catch up, all of the rest of it. So it is it is a reasonable consideration. When you're coming off a small amount, though, 55% of, you know, 450,000 viewers is only 225,000 viewers. So, yes, it does lift up and the percentage sounds bigger, but when you're coming off a low base, the percentage doesn't mean heaps. So we've got, again, got to keep that stuff in in mark. I, I think that MasterChef has found a really great niche because 7 and um, 9 are throwing everything at it and can't beat it. Um, and if only 10 could fix their 6 to 7.30 run of an evening, they'd be in a much better position, though I will say, off the back of the poor performance of Big Brother in just linear broadcast on Monday night, Seven's primary channel was third behind 10. Yeah, that's no good. It's nowhere anybody wants to be, except 10, who would love to be first. I agree with that. All right. It's time to open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. David Robinson, what's tickled your fancy this week? Um. Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber oh. tickles my fancy. Oh. I am, I've loved it. It Sweet is a Jesus. brilliant series. Um, absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm also still going with Mad Men. Love that show. Bit of uh, Modern Family still. Um, Where are they yeah, hiding away, Robbo? Where are you watching uh, them? Good. Thank you for asking that, Mop, because I my do pleasure. have a contractual obligation to say that um, <laughs> with them. Uh, you've got your Modern Family on Foxtel. Uh, you've got your Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney. And mm. you've got your Mad Men. On Stan, stan.com.au. Sarah, what have you been watching? Um, well, I've just been flicking through a lot of TV, just enjoying Australian TV in general. Um, but then I found uh, there was a show called Great Canal Journeys on SBS um, with two old people who apparently used to be actors, mm. and they were going through the deltas of Argentina, and that was fascinating. Yep. That actually sounds and great. Then, um, and I, I, I feel like I've heard of this show. I can't. Place. Yeah, the sequel yeah, is so, Far Canal Journeys. So um, <laughs> they it was two people and then they the lady got Alzheimer's and they had to stop doing it, but apparently it was praised the way that they dealt with the Alzheimer's and it was obvious that she was already starting to forget things in this episode um, and so they were taking all these journeys oh. while she was still functional. So it was actually quite lovely. Oh, um, and then I watched um, Justice League in preparation because I was trying to find any of the Marvel movies, but I don't have Disney Plus um, because I went and saw Thor. Justice League is DC. (laughs) Okay, whatever. But it wasn't on Netflix, which I have um, because I don't subscribe to all of the other shit um, because I'm not paying for all of that while I'm here. Um, But I went into the premiere of Thor and that was good. Oh, that was good, was it? It was good, but with the caveat of... It's something that you could watch with your children or with your mother-in-law. Okay. Uh, um, why did you want it to be? It's a Marvel film. Yeah, that's that's all right. 
No, no, no. Remember when um, Robert Rodriguez used to make really good movies and then he had kids? <laughs> yeah, then he made Spy Kids. Yes. Yeah. So that is where um, Taika Waititi is headed. Um, but um, it was still a very good movie. But yeah. I'm going to miss out on seeing it because they're having uh, the preview screenings up in Brisbane on July 5th and I'm down in Sydney, so I won't be able to go. I might that actually like have to pay for, for it. You, Rob. Oh, heaven for fame. <laughs> um, all right. I've been watching Big Brother on Seven uh, on the Seven Screening Room, and I've got to say, I am just devouring each episode as it comes online, and there is some great stuff for coming. Some great twists. So you and Aaron, you and Aaron watching it on preview is why it's only doing 300,000 in its overnight broadcast. <laughs> well, I don't have a um, ratings box, so I can't affect the ratings of it. Says you. <laughs> um <laughs> Loving the Boys on Prime Video. Uh, I've been watching Doctor Who, um, uh, David Tennant's first season at the moment. Like Robbo, I watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I was a bit sceptical when it first started, but it it came home. It it did great. Loved, loved, loved it on Disney+. Plus. Also Miss Marvel on Disney+. Plus. I'm now the, the episodes are coming out. I'm showing the kids that. And Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness dropped on Disney+. Plus, and the McKnight family are watching that in bits and pieces. Um, oh, we, we, what? We just are not capable of watching something in one run. We're just not capable of it. And, and well, go to the cinema, Rob. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mulk, what have you been watching? Uh, I, I, with my um, excellent friend Robbo, um, Obi Wan Kenobi has been six episodes of incredible television on Disney Plus. Uh, I'll watch that again. I'm I'm so pumped for what uh, Disney are doing with Star Wars uh, in its television life. It's really doing some good things. I finished out Celebrity Apprentice last week and was deeply impressed with Benji Marshall and the amount of money that he raised for his charity and just uh, his approach to the whole thing. He got scolded for giving away stuff that he should have auctioned and he still made double what Darren McMullen made for their charities, hmm. respectively. So he did a, a phenomenal job, uh, though I would suggest that probably Darren McMullen won The Celebrity Apprentice because he's now the host of The Real Love Boat. Um, congratulations to everybody did he involved. Win, Mark? Did he win? I mean, we'll find out, really. <laughs> we'll be the judge of whether or not he won. But he is getting business class he's flights. He's a boat with Hannah Ferrier, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, business class flights to wherever they're filming and, you know, makeup and stuff on a, a boat full of people wanting to Will they use the love, love boat theme? I really hope so. Yeah. Gosh, I you would that. absolutely hope oh, so that they've got that lined up, right? But well, not, for, not the Rob McKnight version. Oh, um, screw you. Thanks. Uh, I'm deep, deep in Only Murders in the Building Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. The first two episodes have dropped today, recording time, and I'm fortunate to get the first six episodes on preview. Smashed them. It is Steve Martin, Martin Short, again, at their very best. It's delightful, fun, family murder television. It's really, really good. Um, <laughs> as opposed to The 12, which is not family television, but incredible drama that Fox yeah, Tell are delivering us. Tuesday nights, um, you'll want to watch episode two, which I think airs tonight or is this week's episode. Sweet and merciful crap. The performance from Brooke Satchwell is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I absolutely commend to you, uh, along with everything else that I'm watching, the cheap seats have you been paying attention uh, on 10. Last week tonight with John Oliver is about to take a month-long break, uh, which is fine, but last week, uh, sorry, this week's episode starts with John absolutely unloading on the Supreme Court about the Roe v. Wade decision, and it is eight minutes of, holy shit, the world is ending. I'll have to watch. watch 
Yeah. I love John Oliver. Amazing. Good picks there, Mark. Good picks. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for that. Really appreciate it. And that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Don't forget, for more breaking news, exclusives and the like, go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the TV industry get their news. Exciting and new Come aboard We're expecting you And love Life's sweetest reward Let it flow It floats back to you Smile on a friendly shore.